You are listening to Studying Pixels, a podcast on game studies and video game culture. I'm Stefan, I'm a game studies scholar from Germany. And you can find us every Sunday on studyingpixels.com and wherever you get your podcasts. I am alone today, unfortunately, because Dan is ill. My friend, I wish you all the best. Please get well soon. That's why it's going to be a solo episode from me. And probably by next week, you're going to get a solo episode from Dan because I will be traveling to do a blog seminar. Well, but I have put an episode together that engages with publisher and developer names within the video game space to explore a little bit how these names came about. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but I think there are quite some interesting little tidbits in here that I hope you enjoy as much as I do. Of course, if you like this show, then you know that we always appreciate your support. If you get some value out of it, then you can reciprocate by joining Studying Pixels Plus. There you will get all of our episodes entirely ad-free. You'll get a lovely sticker if you subscribe to the, I think, $5 tier. And you will get monthly Plus episodes. For May 2023, our new Plus episode is actually out this week. And it is about how to use AI in academia. Because at the moment, there's this craze going on revolving around ChatGPT. And of course, it raises a lot of concerns within the academic space. What does this mean for term papers? How do we identify potential plagiarism if it comes from an AI? Now, we think that these are important matters to discuss, and we do address them in the episode, but we also want to give a positive outlook, and we want to engage with very pragmatic tips on how you can implement a tool such as ChatGPT into your actual workflow as a student or an academic. If you're curious about that, this is the plus episode for May 2023, and you can go to studyingpixels.com plus to find out more. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Now let's get into some interesting stories behind the names of publishers and developers. Uh, this might just be considered to be a first episode in a series of many because there's so many names with interesting stories behind them. Some are more elaborate and others very brief. One that I found very interesting is the one of Sega. It's a very short one, but it's cool because Sega, the publisher that created the little blue hedgehog named Sonic that 
always competes with Super Mario and usually fails in doing so, but regardless has developed a quite dedicated fan base. Sega was originally called Nihon Godaku Busan, which means Japanese Amusement Products Stock Company. That's the original name of the publisher. That was actually in the 1960s, I think in the early 1960s. And then they went ahead and they acquired another company. And that other company was called Service Games of Japan. A really straightforward and simple name. So in 1965, they decided to take over the name of this company whose assets they had acquired, Service Games of Japan, and they simply abbreviated it to Sega. So there you go. Sega stands for Service Games, and it's nothing but just an abbreviation. Ubisoft is also a very obvious one, I think, but there has been a bit of just misconceptions as to where this name might come from. Ubisoft, the interesting part here is obviously the Ubi, because soft just means software. That's the reason why many publishers and developers are called something something soft. Never soft, right? Squaresoft, a company that I'm going to talk about in just a moment. But where does the Ubi come from? Well, there was a little bit of um, rumors going around that the Ubi actually comes from the Union of Independent Bretons, which is, um, you could say, a union with a, a French title of the Bretons. However, that was actually denied by Ubisoft itself. In fact, it's much simpler. The word, or the part, Ubi, just comes from ubiquity, which means something that exists everywhere at the same time. It's like how God is ubiquitous, for example, how God is everywhere at the same time. So that is Ubisoft. Next, I've got Konami. Konami, a very well-known publisher. And the term Konami actually does not have a proper meaning. Rather, it is just an abbreviation, a portmanteau of the names of the founders of the company. Because Konami was actually founded by three people, and those are Kagemasa Kozuki, Yoshinobu Nakama, and Tatsuo Miyasako. So, abbreviated, Kozuki Nakama Miyasako. Ko-na-mi. That's where the name comes from. That's Konami for you. Actually, I found that only Kozuki still serves on the board of Konami. And he's over 70 years old, I think. He might be approximating 80 years by now. But the other two are no longer involved with Konami. I think we already covered the origins of the name Nintendo in a plus episode. I think as like a side story of the exploring the origins of Nintendo as a company. But I still, I find it interesting and so I thought I'd include them here as well. So Nintendo as a name was first used in 1933 and it was applied for uh, playing cards, right? These Hanafuda cards that were really popular at the time in Japan. And the term was coined by 
Fusajiro Yamauchi, who was the grandfather of Hiroshi Yamauchi. Now, Nintendo is actually a word that does have a meaning, though it's somewhat artificial. It's comprised of three different Japanese characters. It's the nin, which means as much as duty, the ten, which stands for heaven. Like you would have, for example, in the word tenki, which is the weather, right? It's the heaven energy, tenki. And this is the same ten in here. And do, which means temple or company, nintendo. And this kind of, together it means, yeah, like nintendo, the trust to the heavens, like in, as in duty heaven, trusting in the heavens, while do means company or business, right? So Nintendo is kind of the company that trusts in the heavens. And interestingly enough, you might have noticed this already, if you want to pronounce the name in the way that it's written in Japanese, then it's actually not Nintendo. The stress is a little bit different and you have to prolong the O a little bit. So it would be pronounced as Nintendo in the original Japanese pronunciation. Let's switch gears a little bit and take a look at Xbox. <laughs> Something to contrast the Nintendo story here. So, at the time when the Xbox was created, you may know that Microsoft was not really involved in the console space. They had the idea to make their own console, and it was proposed by the DirectX team. If you play on a PC, which I personally do not, then you're probably familiar with DirectX, even though you might not know exactly what it means, and that's perfectly fine. We don't have to explore the functionality of DirectX here, but basically it's a programming interface that is especially important when you are running multimedia applications, such as video games. That's why DirectX is so important in this context. And the DirectX team, they proposed that Microsoft produce their own console. Uh, they originally wanted to call it the Direct Xbox. That was the title, the name for the console that they suggested. Microsoft then went ahead and said, nah, you know, let's brainstorm a couple of names here first. Uh, and amongst these names that they brainstormed, they came up with Xbox and actually didn't quite like it as a title. Apparently, the marketing team of Microsoft was not particularly fond of the name Xbox. But they also, they had some couple of other names, like, for example, the 11 box or the 11X because of DirectX 11. That was kind of the version of DirectX that they were using at the time. However, in some focus testing, they checked with focus groups what they would find most appealing. And unsurprisingly, the Xbox turned out to be the most liked and the most appealing name. So that's the one that they stuck with. So that's how the console that Microsoft was working on received its name Xbox. I'm going to do one more short one, and then I'm going to take a brief break. So a very easy one, Capcom. You all know Capcom from publishing Resident Evil. And Capcom is also just an abbreviation. And the original name is just 
Capsule Computers. Capsule Computers, Capcom. Now that's as much of a story as there is. I'm going to take a brief break and be right back to tell you about how names such as Sony, Koei, and Square Enix came about. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, we've got a couple more names to explore. This is going to be a really short episode now that I realize it. Maybe I should speak more slowly. But then on the other hand, I do want to respect your time. So let's just get on with it. Sony. How did the name Sony come about? Originally, the company was founded in 1946. And it was called the Tokyo Telecommunications Engineering Corporation. In Japanese, this would be the Tokyo Tsushinkogyo. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit difficult to pronounce. And this is actually the very reason why they changed their name, because they got bigger, they got more successful, and they wanted to make it in the American market. But they realized that Tokyo Tsushin Kogyo was a name that few Americans could pronounce properly. So they wanted to change their name. And they looked for 
a word that does not exist in any language and that has kind of a cool vibe for them. So they took the sonic from sound, right? Sonic from sound, and they combined it with the English term sonny, which at the time was a common word that would be used for young people that would be kind of brave and innovative, who had this, uh, according to their, their company history, they say, quote, the fledgling company of young people who made up for in energy what they lacked in size, end quote here. So uh, this is like a, you know, a startup, something that maybe you would associate with uh, Silicon Valley. And they combined these two, Sonic and Sony, and they came up with Sony as a brief term that they can use to label their company. They ultimately changed their name to Sony in 1958. Up next is Koei. <laughs> it's Koei, right? I mean, you might have heard of Koei Tecmo. Uh, and uh, the proper pronunciation, though, because it's a Japanese term, would be Koei, which is usually spelled in katakana. So it's just like Koei. But uh, it is actually a proper Japanese word because the Ko, it stands for bright or light. And the e, it stands for prosperity, like from prosper. And if you put both of these together, the word koe, it means honor. It is a bright prosperity, honor, koe. And they basically use this as a name for their company. So they're literally just called honor <laughs> in Japanese but they stylize the writing of the word in such a way that it's not directly associated with the kanji spelling of it. And here's the last one. Square Enix. Square Enix is a company that basically came about by two co different companies merging together in 2003. One was Squaresoft, the company that made Final Fantasy, and the other, the Enix Group, a big publisher for video games. So Squaresoft, at first, they have the pretty obvious software in there as well, right? Ubisoft, Squaresoft, and so on. But where does the Square come from? Why are they called Squaresoft? Well, Square actually comes from the location in which the studio was founded. When they were initially starting out, they started on a Japanese island, and that Japanese island is called Shikoku, which basically means four borders or four countries. The Shi is four, and the Koku is for country or border. But when you pronounce the word Shikoku, it's very close to the Japanese word for square, for the, you know, the geometrical form of a square, which is Shikaku. So, Shikoku, four borders. Shikaku, basically four angles. And that's why Squaresoft made it a pun that they basically come from a square just out of a, you know, slight alternation of the pronunciation of this island's name. And that's why they call themselves 
Squaresoft, software developed on this island that sounds very similar to a square. And Enix was actually founded in 1975, so they're a pretty old company. And originally they were called Edansha, which they then changed in 1982 to Enix. And Enix is, Enix is nothing else but basically a short version of the Phoenix, like as in the Phoenix that rises from the ashes. And on the other hand, the ENIAC, which was the name of the world's first digital computer. So out of the combination of Phoenix and ENIAC emerged Enix. And when both of these companies merged in 2003, Squaresoft and Enix, they came to be Square Enix. Wow, that was a really quick one. A short episode. I hope that's okay with you. It's okay with me. I mean, don't want to artificially prolong it. And I think there's quite some potential to maybe do a follow-up of such an episode to explore more names of companies and their histories, potentially also video game franchises. If you've got any suggestions of interesting company, publisher, or developer names that we should look into, then feel free to reach out by going to studyingpixels.com slash contact. As always, I thank you so very much for listening to Studying Pixels and be sure to be back next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.